Hello and welcome to our radio program. The time for intercession is now. Brought to you by Proclaim Ministries International. Shop 12 Block AAJ's Complex, 32-34 Brunswick Avenue, Spanish Town. Let's join Reverend Andrew Green as he shares on part two of the topic, Arise and Travail. So if we are called to arise and travail, we are arising and travailing because of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And we now call to our Father to give us insight. We call to our Father to give us direction. We call to the Father to give us illumination that we are able to advance the kingdom. Now remember, this kingdom is very unique, as we said earlier. The kingdom is totally different from the church. The church is expected to manifest the kingdom. So the church becomes the agent that is allotted the responsibility of manifesting the kingdom. The word says the kingdom we are part of is not about talking only, but about a demonstration of the Spirit's power. So as we arise and travail, it's a form of demonstrating the Spirit's power. For too long we have been talking as a church, it's time now to arise to the occasion uh, that the works of darkness will be destroyed. Another thing about the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of prayer and the church is constantly speaking and witnessing the, to, to us the things of God. He's constantly speaking and witnessing the things of God to us as believers in the earth. That means our ears have to be in tune. The word says as intercessors, those who have an ear, let them hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. So we have many false prophets that are out there saying God is saying this and God is saying that. But the true prophet dispenses the information as God gives it to them. And it now gives the church the ability to be instructed as we are edified, as we are exhorted, and as we are comforted through the word. So the Holy Spirit is constantly speaking. A problem that the body of Christ is experiencing, Holy Spirit speaks but not much intercessors hear. If we're not hearing, then what? is it that is directing us as intercessors how are we praying where do we get our information from regarding the region that we have been assigned to again the holy spirit or the spirit of prayer in the church it manifests and through us he causes us to intercede and he intercedes also on our behalf according to the will of god now that comes from the heart of god so God uses us as an amplifying system to amplify his voice in the earth. In Ezekiel, it tells us he's looking for a man. He's looking for a woman. He's looking for an adolescent. He's looking for a child. He's looking for one who has, can identify with him that he can manifest through them. But it tells us in Ezekiel, he cannot find any. Just like how this servant is saying, there is still room. There is still room. The Lord is saying he can't find any because we are so busy with the cares of life and we need someone to be able to intercede through. The spirit of prayer also helps us to realize that he carries out the will of God in our lives, not our personal will. So as intercessor, we can have personal agendas. A true intercessor never prays for himself. I mean, I've tried that several times when personal problems are there. And every time I open my mouth to pray for me, myself, and I, I find myself praying for Faitlin. I find myself praying for Andre. I find myself praying for everybody else but myself. So the true intercessor will not pray. So the Holy Spirit is not selfish. He's not self-centered. He's always allowing you to focus on someone else. Romans 8 verse 27 tells us, The one who searches our hearts know what the Spirit has in mind. The Holy Spirit searches our hearts. He knows what the Spirit of God, 
what God himself, the Father, has in his mind, and he comes searching our heart to find the same thing. If you don't find it, that means we'll render him powerless. So the Spirit intercedes for God's people the way God wants him to. The Holy Spirit only intercedes for God's people the way... So there's a standard, there's a protocol that God has established. So we realize the importance of the church arising and travailing. So we're looking on arising and travailing as intercessors. Arising and travailing. As we noted earlier, the spirit of prayer comes upon us and he prays or he intercedes through us according to the will of God. Let's not look on the groan. There's a groan which cannot be uttered. There's a groan that the Holy Spirit, when he comes upon us as intercessors, that cannot be uttered. It is a fall which altered creation. The fall of man that caused all of creation to be altered. No thorn, no thistles were in the earth, but because of the fall, it started to manifest. The animals were very peaceful, but because of the fall, they adopted a different nature that caused us to even be fearful of them because of the possibility of being attacked by them. But let's look a little more on the groan. The groan is twofold in nature. The groan is twofold in nature. The groan here is symbolic of an utterance by the Holy Spirit through the intercessor that you can't find any English language or any native language that you have across the world to make the utterance for persons to understand. So it comes out. And it is likened to a labor pain somewhat. So there's a, a groaning. So there's a twofold groan which the Holy Spirit constantly responds to. The first one, all of creation in pain groans until now. All of creation groans until now. The earth is groaning. The animals are groaning. Everything is groaning that the sons of God, these are the righteous men in the earth, that they will arise to the occasion. So the earth is calling out to us. Every time somebody is murdered in the land, the earth groans even more. The Bible tells us in Genesis when Cain killed Abel, that his blood cried from the ground, and because the blood cried from the ground, that it got the attention of God. So likewise, the more violent deaths that take place in the land, the more it cries out for revenge. That's what the blood is actually crying for, revenge. And this is why as intercessors, we have to be wise persons to keep our ears on the ground. And when we hear of a murder or something like that, we go and we appease the land by using the olive oil, putting it in that location and asking for mercy to be extended versus for revenge to be manifested. So the blood is crying for revenge and the blood keeps crying. The family member is going to go back and revenge. When that family member revenge, another family from the other side is going to go back. So we have the responsibility of neutralizing this. So all of the earth groans and travails. We ourselves, we groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption. We are already adopted, but the fullness of the adoption now comes when Jesus comes back. So we are awaiting the fullness of the adoption. So you get a little groan on the inside, right? So you see some things and you groan. You'll hear something and you groan inwardly. It's not saying that you're singing the song, I want to go to heaven and rest. I'm tired of saying down here as an intercessor. That's not what it is saying. But there's a groaning and it's a working of the Holy Spirit that is manifesting. So there's a cry for the church to arise. 
So that grown, if you listen to the corporate groaning now, you're grown, my grown, everybody's grown, it's really a cry out, and the earth as well, it's really a cry out for the church to arise and to travail. In other words, to be in pain as in labor. When the baby is about to come, nobody can stop that. So if the baby, if you had calculated the baby was going to born on the 15th and then it's now the 10th and the baby says time to come, it's time to come. So we have to make sure that we arise to the occasion. Now in order to bring the elements back in order, the church must respond to the groan. In due time, when the Lord comes and renovates the earth, the earth will go back to its original state. The perfect state as our God had made it in the book of Genesis. But now we have to manifest the earth can be redeemed because the Bible says it knows us. It gives itself up to the highest bidder. If we are unrighteous and we command it to do certain things, it's going to do it. If we are righteous and we command it, it's going to respond. So the earth responds. And this is why even Moses spoke to the earth and told the earth to respond to his voice. He spoke to the sun. He spoke to the moon. He speaks to the star and tell him to respond to his voice. What says then, if we put that prophetic voice together with the help of the Holy Spirit and we start to command these elements to be calibrated afresh, that the Spirit of God will have that liberty. Now, pain in the context in which it is used here, it holds no effect of pain physically, but it's a spiritual pain. It's just as an evangelist, you are in a given service, whether it be a divine service, and a crusade or whatever, and you feel a literal pain in your body. You know that it is not your pain, and you, you know this is in the form of a word of knowledge, and you'll ask the question, there is someone here with a pain, come forward. And this person or several persons might come forward. It is not your pain, but you're experiencing what they're experiencing. The same applies here. You're getting that word of knowledge of the intensity of the pain. Now, some parts of the earth, it groans more than some. Anyway, you have a high level of witchcraft, you're going to find the earth groaning more than the average. Because witchcraft ties the land up. Now, when we do spiritual mapping, one thing we pay, to pay attention to regarding the land is the texture of the land. If it is dry and cracky, not because there's a famine on our lack of water, because we have seen areas where a lot of rain falls within a few days, and a day after the rainfall, it's like no rain didn't fall any at all. It is symbolic of witchcraft. You look on the trees, you look on the animals with sores, swollen tummies, stuff like that. These animals are manifesting because of how the witchcraft is dominant in that community. In Romans 8.23, it tells us, However, not only creation groans, we who have the Spirit as the first of God's gift also groan inwardly. We groan as we eagerly wait for the, our adoption, the freeing of our bodies from sin. The freeing of our bodies from sin. So we groan inwardly. Now, there are three groups within the kingdom. We'll just look at four that have been invited to the church and they accepted the invitation, but there's still room. But there are no three from the same Luke 14 that we read from earlier. These three groups are very, very important and they play a key role. Surprisingly, these three men were invited and if they had come to the king, they would have filled the room. I don't understand the maths. Three men could fill a room and an entire city with more than a thousand came to the same room and there's still room. Let's see the capacity of these men. If it's similar to the four. So remember the four that we looked on. 
The four that we looked on earlier, the poor, they had no prophetic voice. The crippled, they walk by sight and not by faith. The lame, those who are wounded emotionally. And the blind, these are the persons who have no visionary insight. Let's look on the, the, the tree here. The cry went out and these three persons, they travail. They three persons have the capacity to travail according to the spiritual gifts. These are three classification of intercessors. And they are able to manifest accordingly. Now each group brings to light the characteristics of the church. The praying church that is. Let's look on the first one. The man with the ability to purchase land. Now to purchase lands in the community that we find churches is very, very costly. Very expensive. Billions of dollars to do that. And not everybody will want to give up their property. But we find from the study of the word that there's an inexpensive way to purchase the land. The purchasing of the land is symbolic of the man who has the ability in the book of Luke 14. He's a realtor. He understands land and he will go after good lands. He's a type of intercessor who toils in order to purchase a land as promised in the scriptures. So this man, and also symbolic of men and women as intercessors in the body of Christ, we purchase the land through prayer. We purchase a land through intercession. We understand the land. This is why, in terms of believers sharing that the land is hard and people can't get saved, it's because they don't understand the dynamics. Is it saying then that when our individuals say that the land is hard, is it that they fall in the category of the four that we just looked on? No visionary insight? Or is it that they fall in this category of this man who carried a capacity as God has given to him as a gift to purchase a land through intercession? Thanks for joining us on today's edition of The Time for Intercession is Now. Brought to you by Proclaim Ministries International and our kind sponsors. AJ's Wholesale and Supermarket, Credence Global Logistics, Shen Ashar Holdings, Neymar's Pharmacy and Remla Productions. The time for intercession is now is inviting interested persons to be a part of our live studio audience every first Friday at our office at Shop 12 Block A, AJ's Complex 32 to 34 Brunswick Avenue, Spanish Town. For more information, call us at 876-615-5801, WhatsApp us at 876-854-4594 or email us at proclaimministriesintl at gmail.com. Join us again next Sunday at 5 p.m. for part three of the topic, Arise and Travail. Thanks for joining us on another edition of The Time for Intercession is Now.